last four weeks, we've been in a series hearing from God. And so I'm continuing that this evening. This is a five-parter. That's like a mega series in my mind. But we talk a lot in our church about hearing God in our own life. And so how do we do that? How do we know it's God speaking? What are some of the barriers that get in the way of hearing from the Lord? And how do we grow in this? I taught last week about deep friendship with God because often when we think about hearing from the Lord, we're thinking about just listening for direction about a life. What direction shall I go in? And I was just commenting that I think it's so much more than that, that at the heart of hearing from God, it's this idea that we are called to be friends. We're no longer servants. We're no longer slaves, but he calls us friends. And so he calls us into intimacy. He calls us into relationship to being with him. So today I want to focus on something called the gift of prophecy, and in particular, giving and receiving prophetic words. Because the scriptures are very clear, and if you've got a Bible and want to grab it, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 14 today. It will just come up on the screen behind me if you, don't, if you haven't got a Bible with you. But the scriptures say particularly in this first verse, that we're to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. What is prophecy? Some of you will be quite familiar with this subject. For some of you, it isn't a subject that you've even thought about or heard about before. And so I just want to unpack what that might look like today. Let me give you a definition of prophecy. Prophecy is simply what happens when a person speaks for God under the immediate inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy is based on spontaneous revelation. And so let's look at the passage, 1 Corinthians 14. It says this, follow the way of love. This is talking all about the chapter preceding it, chapter 13, that beautiful passage that we often hear in wedding talks about love. I love that little phrase, follow the way of love. It's brilliant. And eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. For some of you, you might not be aware of what the gift of tongues is. And the really, the idea... What's going on with tongues is that it's a heavenly language that the Lord loves to give. And actually, as we were praying before the service, somebody said to me, do you know what, I feel feel like the Lord wants to give a number of people here the gift of tongues this evening. So we might pray for that later. But it's just this beautiful language that we have. It's this heavenly language between us, us and the Lord. It's like a prayer language. And so that's what it's talking about here. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies, sorry, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. As we mature in our faith and as we grow up in our faith, John Wimber had this amazing phrase, I want to grow up before I grow old. And it's just really this idea, it's the concept of sanctification, and it's really this this process of growing up, being made holy, becoming more like Jesus. And that we grow up as we go through the Christian faith, but often when we first come to Jesus, it's all about us. And I mentioned this last week, last evening. It's all about us. Everything's about me. And then what happens is we begin to grow in our faith is the Lord says, do you know what? There's a big wide world out there. 
that I'm asking you to be a part of, and I'm asking you to go into that world, I'm asking you to be my hands and feet, I'm asking you to be encouragers and imparters of my spirit and my presence, I'm asking you to give away what I've given you. And that's the concept, we give away as we've been blessed, blessed to be a blessing, as it comes as we're given this amazing gift of Jesus Christ, he asks us to give it away. So today, we're gonna practice this as a church. This isn't something that we do every week, but I think it's really easy to talk about prophecy and then all go our merry ways and do nothing about it. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna talk on giving and receiving a prophetic word, and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna put four people on the stage that I've asked, and you, as the assembled group, are gonna prophesy over them, and it is gonna be glorious. But I'm gonna teach you how to do it first, so don't worry. And um, so, it should be fun. Prophecy is God shouting to us, the kingdom has come. The kingdom of God has broken in. Prophecy is a preview of coming attractions. Uh, I want you to turn to Acts 2, verses 16 to 18. And again, it'll come up on the screen. It says this. Oh, I'm gonna give you a tiny bit longer to get there. That would have been really fast. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. If you've got a Bible, I'd, I'd love you to look at that verse 17, I think it is, where it says, and almost circle the word all, all. Whenever the Holy Spirit is poured out, the result is that people without distinction of sex, class, or age are able to prophesy. This is not something that is given to the elite. This is something that is given to everybody. One of the things that I love is that our children can hear the Lord. It's the most beautiful thing, that actually in kids' church, they're learning to hear, the, hear God and that they can begin to hear God's voice and they can begin to encourage and impart and prophesy. And so if you are a follower of Jesus, God is going to speak to you by his Holy Spirit, a word, a message that he wants you to share with somebody else. You are his messenger. And that word may come from a dream God gives you or a clear picture or a strong impression as you pray. The word may occasionally come from a vision or even a strong underlining of a verse of scripture. God may highlight a scripture passage to, and say, I'd love you to share this with such and such. All includes you and all includes me. And I think it's really easy to disqualify ourselves and just be like, ah, oh, you know, it's for somebody else. Now, how do we know when somebody claims to speak for God whether we should listen to their message or not? Well, the test is not how oddly somebody changes their voice. Because... I don't know whether you've ever heard somebody sometimes, and they start using this language, thus saith the Lord of hosts. And you sit there and you think, what are you talking about? You never normally talk like that. And they start talking in a super spiritual way. Or even they begin to change their volume because they are talking on behalf of the Lord. Or shouting, or even sweating profusely. But many of us are doing that tonight, so that's not a problem. But being difficult, being oversensitive, being super spiritual, or even being spiritually stuck up. 
None of these things are a test of prophecy. What are the marks of true prophecy? Well, first of all, there is the general test of consistency. When you hear a word that somebody claims is from God and it's coming to them under the immediate inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the first test you should apply to that word is the test of consistency. Firstly, is this message consistent with Scripture? The God who inspired the Bible is not going to contradict himself with a word of prophecy. So he's not going to come up with something that is not in the Scriptures. Is this word consistent with what the Bible teaches about God, about Jesus, about sin, about judgment, about material wealth, about holiness? Is this consistent with the Scriptures? Because this is our plumb line. So that's the first one. Is it consistent with the scriptures? Secondly, is it consistent with the Jesus that you know? Does this sound like something that would come from the mouth, mouth of Jesus as he's revealed in the Gospels? If somebody claims that they're speaking on behalf of Jesus, we would expect their voice to sound the way that it sounded in the Gospels. Is it consistent with the scriptures? Is it consistent with the spirit of Jesus? And is the person who's delivering this prophetic word living a life of consistent followership of Jesus? In other words, are they surrendered to the Lord? Is their life surrendered to Jesus? And it doesn't mean that they have to have perfect character. It doesn't mean that everything needs to be perfect. But is this person basically living in submission to Jesus? Because if they're not, then I think that we have to ask some serious questions. So this is our starting point, and it's the test of consistency. And having passed the test of consistency, then I'd listen to the purposes of prophecy are being fulfilled to, sorry, I'd be listening to see if the purposes of prophecy are being fulfilled as this person is sharing their word. And to make these purposes of prophecy memorable, just remember the letter C. We're going to do that. We've got five C's today. So we read in 1 Corinthians 14 3 these words, but those who prophesy speak to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. The Bible scholar Dr. Ellicott put the three purposes of prophecy, and he said it like this. Prophecy is designed to build up, stir up, and cheer up. I love that. I think it's really profound and quite memorable. Prophecy is designed to build up, stir up, and to cheer up. Prophecy is designed to be constructive. That's my first C. This doesn't mean that there is nothing negative in a prophetic word. But there is a difference between constructive criticism which is designed to help somebody overcome a problem and something which is destructive criticism. If you've ever ha had destructive criticism, it's like somebody tells you something and they're like this and they're having a go at you and then you just feel completely deflated. It's like... And you feel like there's no way back. That is so different to constructive criticism, which is like, oh, do you know what? That's really helpful. Oh, yes, I can see what you're saying. That's a hard thing to hear, but I can see how that might work out. A true prophetic word holds out for people the hope of redemption if they repent and choose to follow God. So you see this pattern over and over again in the Scriptures. A prophet delivers a really, really hard word. But there's always this tagline, but if you repent, if you return to me, if you give up your idols, I, the Lord, will draw near to you. I will heal your waywardness. I will encourage you. So prophecy is constructive. It's designed to build up hope. It's designed to build up faith. So when listening for true prophecy, you should always to see, check to see, is there a note of redemptive hope in it? Because God is a redeemer. I had this a number of years ago when I was, I was about 19. I was in my first year as a student and I was at university. And I'd had 
an interesting first year of university. I think I will put it that way. And it had been a really tough year. And it had reached the end. It, it was near the end. And I knew that my life, I felt distant from the Lord. You know, it's one of those things. Did, I still believed in the Lord, but I felt distant from him. And I was asked to come along to this, this event. And so I came along, not begrudgingly. I was like, okay, I'm open. Anyway, during the course of that evening, the Lord just began to bang on the door. And he just began to speak. And you know, sometimes you just, it's, it's like that moment where God just says, it's not all right. Anyway, I responded at the end and I went up the front and the guy who had been speaking started praying for me. And he had a, this amazing picture that still speaks to me this day. And he said, he knew that my name was James by this point. And he said, I just see you like a bird and you're a bird that's got its wings strapped down. You've been tied down. And I was like, that is exactly it. But the Lord wants to break you free. The Lord doesn't want you to stay in this place. The Lord wants to bring you freedom. This word is acknowledging what was going on, that actually there was a massive lack of freedom in my life because of what was going on. But actually what the Lord wanted to do is he wanted to bring freedom into that place. And he's like, this is a picture of what I have for you. And this is a picture of where you are right now. And when the Lord begins to do that, I was undone. I had one of those snot moments where you have the snot literally hanging from your nose and it's kind of going in a yo-yo moment. And you're like, I have been utterly undone by the Lord. But do you know what? It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And I walked out of there and I was a different person because the Lord had shown me where I was and he said, but I've got better for you. I've got more for you than that. That's a picture of what it looks like. The second purpose of prophecy is this. Prophecy puts courage into people. We, we, we talked a, a lot about courage already this evening. A prophetic word often sounds like this. Don't give up. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Take courage. Be bold. Be strong. Keep on going. Persevere in your marriage. Persevere through this trial. Don't throw in the towel. Continue to trust in the Lord. With God's help, you can do this. You can overcome this temptation. We frequently need courage put back into us. One of the reasons that we meet together as the body of Christ, as his people, is to come and encourage one another. And that we come out, my hope is that you come out of this here this evening and that courage has been put back into your soul and that you go out and you're like, yes, I feel encouraged to go out again and face whatever the Lord has for me this week. It says, strengthen your hand. Don't run away from that confrontation. Don't be afraid of your boss or that person in your family. God is with you. He's walking beside you. He knows what's going on. He knows every hair on your head. He is for you, not against you. How would these four simple words be encouragement to someone? I am with you. I am with you, declares the Lord. Apply these four words to your own life. I am with you. You're about to start a new ministry or you're venturing into world missions or you've taken a major financial cut in your salary to start something. It's a risk for you and it's a risk for your family. And you hear these words, God is with you. It puts courage in you and you sit there and you're like, yes, he knows. He knows about my life. He knows what's going on. It's the most amazing thing. It puts courage in people. Here's the third purpose of prophecy. Prophecy brings comfort to hurting people. Prophecy brings comfort to hurting people. You may be at a point in your life where you feel that God has forgotten you and that you've been abandoned, that you've cried out to God for a breakthrough in your life or a breakthrough regarding the health of a loved one or your own health. 
You might be suffering your own health tonight. A breakthrough in finances, a child um, might be in your life who's worked away from the, walked away from the Lord and you're crying out to God and you're like, God, how can this be the case? Lord, I've prayed for this. I've prayed for breakthrough. I've sought your face. And you feel like in this moment you're getting no answer from God. There seems to be no breakthrough. Do you know what? Every believer at some point will experience this in their life. And it's just that period of feeling distant from the Lord because there's something that you're so passionate about changing, but yet you haven't yet seen the answer. Even Jesus, when he hung on the cross, cried out to the Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? In those moments of feeling forsaken, God often inspires a prophetic word of comfort through the gift of prophecy. God lets you know that he hasn't forgot you, that he sees you, and he's aware of your situation. I have got the most extraordinary story of this in mine and Jen's life. And I think I've, have I got time to tell it? Yes, I'm going to tell it because it's so good. Because the Lord is so faithful. You know, we, me and Jen went through a time, and a very difficult time when uh, Jen was trying to have our second child. And so we had four miscarriages in a row. And that is devastating. You, you know, just going through that process is, is utterly devastating when you're holding out hope and you're just like, God, we want to see this happen. And, and so, you know, I'm talking about this, this moment of feeling, God, where are you in the midst of this? And so that was our experience in our life. And it had reached the point where we just found out that we'd had the fourth miscarriage and Jen was lying on the bed. It was a Saturday afternoon and she was just devastated, absolutely de I was devastated as well, but I think it had hurt her even more than it had hurt me. And she was lying on the bed. And I think sometimes when you're in the midst of a difficult time, even when somebody gives you an amazing prophetic word or they're giving you a, a, a piece of scripture, you're like, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Because you're hurt. You're in that process of, feeling so vulnerable and so she was lying on the bed and she was just crying out to Jesus it was one of those rock bottom desperate moments and she was like Lord this has got to change and she, generally on a Saturday night we have church on a Sunday we lead a church but she'd been having kind of nightmares about losing children so often coming to church was painful because of, of that moment you know suddenly just that that sense anyway she was lying on the bed and a friend texted her a verse um, from Lamentations 3. And, and it just talks about the, Lord, um, the Lord's mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And, you know, in before that, there's just this rant, this rant of just pouring out your heart before God. And then, but the Lord's mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And so she got this text from somebody in London who just texted her. And she was, I think it's Lamentations 3.20. And... She was like, oh, that's, so she read it. She was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, but when you're in a place of pain, that can be a difficult thing. Anyway, later that afternoon, she got texted by a different friend from somewhere else in the country, just saying, I just feel like this verse is for you, Lamentations 3.20, exactly the same verse. Lord's mercies are new every morning, great is his faithfulness. And she was like, hang on, this is interesting. I've never spent a lot of time with that verse. Do you know what I mean? It's like not, not always one of those verses that you cling on to. Anyway, that night, she went to sleep and she's beginning to feel hopeful in her soul. And she had a dream. She had a dream about having a child that night. She woke up in the morning. She's like, what an amazing, Lord, is, is that you? Lord, is that you? Is that, 
Is that you speaking to me? And so we came to church and she was feeling lifted and she was like, oh, I feel like the Lord is speaking. And we came to church and it was just after the worship time. And just seeing Clive actually at the back, this was, this was um, just reminding, this is part of Clive's story, sorry, he's at the back, but Clive got up and gave a prophetic word that morning. And I think if I remember the story correctly, it might've been the first time that you'd given a prophetic word in a long time or probably the first time in church. And you stood up because you'd been prayed for that week in your small group about the gift of prophecy and seeing that released. And so you got up and you stood, I just got a word this morning, it's Lamentations 3.20. And so Jen just broke in that moment. And the Lord spoke and we went on to have our second child who's Isabel and she's beautiful. And the reason I tell you that story is because it captures so much of what I'm trying to say. In the midst of an incredibly difficult time, the scriptures were there faithful people texted my wife or spoke out what the Lord had. And so that put hope back into her soul in a moment of just utter desperation of like, God, where are you? What are you doing? And for us as a couple, we look back on that story as just one of those defining God moments. You're like in the space of 24 hours, we were given the same verse three times from three different sources. And the Lord spoke because he cares about his children. And he didn't necessarily in that moment fix it all, but he was there and he spoke, and he's a good father, and he will walk with us in those moments through the most difficult of times. And so, God is good, that is my point. I wasn't planning on telling that story, but it's a good story, and therefore, this leads to the fourth purpose of prophecy. Prophecy confronts people with God's reality. You know, God's not just concerned with healing our hearts, he's also concerned with cleansing us from our mess and our stuff and our sin and the stuff that gets in the way. Look, if you look down with me in verses 24 and 25 of 1 Corinthians 14, it says this, but if an unbeliever or someone who doesn't understand comes in while everybody is prophesying, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all. Paul is using the language of the courtroom right here. The word convinced is in the NIV translation is probably better translated convicted. It goes on to say, and the secrets of his heart will be laid bare so he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. I said, as I said, God is not only interested in healing or bringing comfort to our hearts, but he also wants to bring us into fullness. He doesn't want us to stay in the place. That that story that I told earlier of just feeling utterly bound, the Lord wants to bring us out of that place because he's he's too good to, to leave us there in that place of pain. And one of the ways that God challenges sin in our lives is by bringing it out. And that's not the gift of a word of knowledge, it's the gift of prophecy. So you might be sitting there and you have your church face on. And by that, I mean, I don't know that any of you know what I'm talking about by a church face. Somebody comes up to you and they're like, how are you? Yeah, I'm great. And then they go, really? Like, no, not at all. Do you know what? It's so easy to be fake, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Somebody's asking. And it's important to know whether somebody really wants to know. But you've got your church face on and you're doing that. And then sometimes somebody speaks a word into your life and it just cuts through the rubbish. And it cuts through whatever's going on and he just speaks straight into your soul in that moment. 
and it just exposes your heart because he's so good that he wants to break you free if there's an addiction that you've got into. You know, whether it's a porn addiction or a destructive attitude towards your spouse, the things going on in your mind that only you know about. And we all have them, these kind of things that are just going on. The things that we love to hide from everybody else and sometimes the Lord just breaks through it all and he says, I just don't want you to live like that anymore. I don't want you to carry that anymore. I want to break you free. I want to take that burden and I want to take that bondage off you and I want to bring you into complete freedom and that's what he does. The prophetic illustration that's so powerful of this is King David. He's he's messed up with Bathsheba. He's had an adulterous affair. He's killed Uriah. He's sent Uriah to the front line and he's probably... I don't know whether David was even completely aware of what he's done. It's a series of sin after sin after sin after sin that leads him to here. And then what happens is the prophet Nathan comes to see him. And there's this great bit. I haven't got time to go into all of it. But Nathan just exposes David in that moment. And he says, do you know what you've done? That you've killed this man? And he just utterly exposes him and it breaks straight in. And David stands before the Lord and Psalm 51 is just a great psalm. It's almost like this psalm of repentance. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. It's the most beautiful psalm because David, the Lord just brings it out. And then the last purpose of prophecy is this. Prophecy confirms God's will. But we have to be careful with this one because we can live our lives if we're not careful according to what other people tell us. John Wimber would caution people regarding relying too heavily on prophecy for guidance and decision-making. God wants you to walk dependently on him. God does not want you to be dependent upon a prophetically gifted person to gain his mind. So God wants to reveal his mind to you as you relate to him personally. He wants you to hear his voice, not just somebody coming in and being like, the Lord's saying this. It's like, what do you think God's saying? What's he spoken to you? The vast, vast majority of our guidance will come through our own personal meditation upon God's word, through our own listening prayer, and through the counsel of mature Christian believers. Prophecy ought to underline what God is already saying to you. And I've heard it beautifully put like this. It's like God's highlighter pen. So God is already stirring you. He's already speaking to you. You might be feeling unsettled about something in your life. He's stirring something up and he's beginning to move and you're beginning to sense his fingerprints. And you're like, oh, God's doing something. And then you, you're like, oh, it might be this. And then what happens is the prophetic word comes in and it confirms what the Lord is already doing. And then you're like, oh, that's what God's saying. Rather than it's just a God, always a complete change in direction can be that, but most of the time it's just confirming what the Lord's doing. Let me offer you some pastoral counsel for a moment. Do not be intimidated by a prophetically gifted person or a prophetic word that comes to you and says, God wants you to do such and such. I've met so many Christians who get intimidated by the prophetically gifted person. They say, well, do you know, I don't get I don't get people's names. I don't hear that clearly. That person came along and delivered a word to me. I guess it must be God. God wants you to develop confidence in your own ability to hear the Lord in your own life. Only we can be responsible for what we've done with our own life. Nobody else can take responsibility for that. God speaks to each one of us differently. In the scriptures, it says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. It looks different. The first step is that we have to ask God to speak to us. Lord, is there anything that you want to say today to anyone here? And we take the focus off ourselves and we're like, Lord, what is it that you want to speak to your people? 
We need to be open to the Holy Spirit. And then you follow the steps that I've laid out. Prophecy should be constructive. It should bring courage in people. It should bring comfort to hurting people. It should confront people with God's reality and it should confirm, and it confirms God's will.